are listening to the Quarter Transmissions or leave episode one. I couldn't have prescribed better. The Starfleet orders have come through and you are now officially on Shore Leave, the show dedicated to Trek convention chat. I am Jeff Hewlett and it is my great pleasure to introduce my co-host for this brand new series, the always awesome Heather Barker. Yay! I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, we've been talking about this for quite a while and and this is kind of your baby. You've been really pushing to start this show up, so thank you for helping to get this together. You're welcome. I'm super happy to make it happen, and I hope that everybody will enjoy what we put out there. I think it's going to be great. There's been some excitement already on Twitter and Facebook yeah, leading up yeah. to this. So Thanks, I know, guys. Yeah, this is going to be <laughs> incredible. So and for anybody tuning in, since this is our first episode, I'm going to give everybody a little bit of a background about what we're going to be doing here. This is, of course, a tricorder transmission series. This is, we're planning for this to be an ongoing show. Uh, we're shooting for a monthly release schedule, so look for us once a month. And uh, for the months leading up to the 2016 50th anniversary Star Trek convention in Las Vegas, we'll be doing segments featuring uh, convention-going advice, cosplay tips, convention news, including uh, guest and event editions, uh, lots and lots more, like tonight's segment, the uh, first con where guests are going to call in and reminisce about their first Star Trek convention. So this is going to be a lot of fun. And speaking of guests dialing in, we have a special guest here. And if you challenge her to a game of Star Trek trivia, I will be more than happy to supply your body bag. Uh, it is the co-host of our soon-to-return Atavacron series. Miss Claire Little is here. <laughs> it's good to be here. Claire, Yay. it's always a pleasure. Guys, I'm your number one Natavicon fan, so oh. I'm super oh, excited awesome. to hear that. I don't know. My mom is pretty into it. I have to no. really. I will fight your mom. Yeah. No, I can see to your mom, but That's okay, amazing. I'm the second. <laughs> That is so cool. So I guess this serves as our official announcement that Claire and I will be back with the Tavicron. We've been talking about it today, and uh, we're we're getting ready to look into what our next episode is going to be. So uh, look for us in the very near future. So I'm so excited. Thanks. The triumphant Thank you, return. everyone, for uh, bearing with us while we spend Jeff and I spend all of our time in our other 23rd century <laughs> futuristic version, which would be the Fallout universe. Because yes, that's what uh, that's what I've been spending all of my time on. I don't know about Jeff, but yeah, I've been I've been in there quite a bit myself, and I, I think that's something that I, that Claire and I bonded over at STLV that was non Star Trek related was our love of the Fallout video game series and Skyrim. I think yes, yeah, Bethesda yeah. in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was something that we uh, we really, really enjoyed. So the new game came out. We had a lot of fun. And I, I think I'm kind of uh, taking a little bit of a break from it because I was spending a little too much time on it. <laughs> Impossible. <laughs> so, guys, I guess what we could do at this point is kind of talk about the current state of the Star Trek Las Vegas 50th anniversary convention. So it is going to be taking place August 3rd through August 7th in wonderful Las Vegas. And um, it's always a fun con. And this is shaping up to be the probably the biggest Vegas con ever. I don't know if the subsequent ones are going to be nearly as crowded and packed and popular as this one. So the Rio already appears to be completely sold out, according to the creation website, they say something over 12,000 rooms have been booked. I had no idea they even had that many rooms. It doesn't look like that big of a place, but I guess they do. 
And uh, Creation is directing people to the nearby Palms Hotel, uh, which has rooms available. I think Heather's got some info on the rates. But the uh, the Gold Coast, which is funny, the Gold Coast, which is right next door to the Rio, as of today, the day of this recording, they had rooms available as well. Do you guys have any experience at either one of those hotels, the Palms or the Gold Coast? Uh, I have been – well, I stayed at the Gold Coast in 2012 and – I think my experience is a bit outdated um, mm. because the rooms, I think, have been updated. Okay. I will say that my not updated room was definitely fine for what I needed. Um, the bathroom was a little odd and reminded me of like an RV bathroom. But <laughs> we will – yeah, it was. there was a window in the shower, which if you stay at the Rio, you may also have a window in your shower. Yes. But overall, it was fine. It is a walk over to um, Rio. They have since improved um, the walking experience to include, I think, a new crosswalk, a pedestrian crosswalk. Oh, good, um, good. Some people were killed a couple years ago. So, oh. yeah, I just I would just recommend that people walk with a buddy. It's it's safe, but you do walk through part of a parking garage and. I just like to recommend that. Just make have a buddy with you just in case. Yeah. Vegas at night sometimes gets a little seedy. Yeah. And, you know, just keep in mind that it will be probably about a 20-minute walk from your room at the Gold Coast all the way down to the convention hall at the Rio. So keep that in mind. And maybe if you know someone that's staying at the Rio, you can stash some of your cosplay uh, in their room (laughs) and change. Um, As far as the Palms goes, and they do have rate information, which is, I think, comparable to what the Rio has been. About 89 a night for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday, Saturday is 159 and then this, there will additionally there will be a charge of thirty bucks a day for each additional person, more than two adults in a room. So keep that in mind. I haven't been in any of the rooms at the Palms. I checked out the Playboy Club, which is now defunct ages ago. And I mean, the Palms, it, it definitely seems nice. Um, so I think that I think that would be a good option too. And I think it is within walking distance um yeah it's a little bit of a hike it is it's definitely it's gonna be safe uh, no is it okay not really a safe i mean you could pull it off i mean I, i've walked from and i think craig cohen will t- famously tells the story of walking from circus circus to the rio oh god which i oh would definitely god. not recommend <laughs> No, no, do not walk from anywhere on the strip to the Rio. Just take our word for it. Don't do it. Yeah. yeah the, just to, to anyone who's either not familiar with where the Rio is or sort of just assumes that all of the casinos are along the strip. The Rio is off strip. It's not in Fremont Street, but it is off strip. So just to keep that in your head across the highway. Yes. A good, yes. That was a good thing to point out. That's true. So. Uh, yeah, if you've never been to Vegas before and you, you want to go to the convention, you're going to stay at the Rio or the Palms and you want to get to the Strip, you, you're better off probably taking a taxi or if they have a shuttle bus at the at the hotel to take you to the Strip. Don't attempt to walk there, especially not at night. <laughs> Just right. especially or, ever. <laughs> yeah, or you know, if you're not used to the heat and it's really hot and you oh, think yes. it's just a quick walk, it's not. And you could and, – and there's not a lot of shade. You could quickly be unhappy. (laughs) Yeah, just don't do it. I will say that the Rio does have a shuttle to the um, 
it's Hera, Hera's resorts, but I think it takes you over to, um, yeah. valleys. Yeah. And I, I just will caution that that shuttle can take a very long time. So yeah. my preference is just to grab a cab and my wonderful group mates over on the unofficial Star Trek Las Vegas convention group on Facebook have let us know that I think both Uber and Lyft are operating in Las Vegas. Yep. Um, so you can go that route too. And that's very similar to cab. I, I don't know how to explain it. Well, I haven't actually used either yet. Have any of you used Uber or Lyft? I've never used either one, but since they're both local companies for me, they are mm-hmm. on the news all the time. So I think I can explain how they work. It's essentially you uh, download their app and you hail your cab through that app. And in this case, it's not a, a taxi cab. It's a person who is using their private vehicle um, and they are you know, employed through Uber or Lyft and they will take you wherever you need to go. I think the fee, depending on the time of day, the demand, and what city you're in, the fees can be less than a traditional taxi, about mm-hmm. comparable or more than. But in a lot of instances, you're paying for the convenience, which is you don't have to flag the cab down. Some people like them more than taxi cabs. Honestly, I I, I never use cabs, and I've never used either of them, so I'm kind of not the best person to ask. But well, we do take um, the cab when we're in Vegas. We've that gotten, is the only time. Yeah. <laughs> And we we usually share a cab, and so it's it's twenty to twenty five bucks one way from uh, McCarran over to the Rio, and that's typically including tip. Um, mm-hmm. So and to the Strip, it ends up being about ten dollars including tip for the both of us. So yeah, yep. Yeah, Vegas cabs are actually quite expensive if you utilize them heavily. So if you plan to do a lot of Uh, traveling around Vegas while you're at the con and you plan to use cabs, be prepared to spend quite a bit of money. And I've been to Vegas many, many, many times, but I've only been to the con twice. I think this will be my 13th trip to Vegas in my lifetime. Mm So I'm kind of a Vegas veteran. So I've learned in my travels, actually renting a car for me is cheaper. Yeah. If I'm staying for any length of time, because I'm, I'm the kind of guy that's like being tied down. So renting a car at the airport and just driving it wherever I need to go, it's a lot easier and winds up being cheaper than having to take cabs multiple times a day because you'll be racking up 25 here, yeah. 35 there, 10 there. Yeah, That's a, that's usually the bit of advice I give. It's not for everybody, of course, but um, you know it is a possibility. And you can get some good rates if you book ahead of time and look up online coupons and things. They're always having you know, yeah. you know, rate decreases are free day here and there. So that's always an option too. And just one more transit thing to let everyone know, the Rio is not connected to the Las Vegas monorail. No. So in case you're at <laughs> no. the airport and you see some sort of deal for, you know, buy a day pass and you think that'd be a great idea. Sure. If you're staying anywhere else, pretty much anywhere else, but yeah, the Rio does not connect to the Las Vegas monorail system. Yeah. So, so the monorail is quite limited, actually. And uh, right. honestly, I don't see there's much value in the monorail anymore since the uh, Star Trek experience at the old Hilton is closed yeah. because the monorail would take you there. Right. And that's I've where only... the convention used to be was at the Hilton. Yep. Um, and it's yeah. now, what is it even closed down now? It's long, long gone are the days of the Hilton. Yeah, Star it was Trek the experience. LVH at one point after they sold it off and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold on to this story uh, uh, about the uh, the LVH until another one of the first con segments in another episode. Heather, remind me 
to okay. tell the LVH story because I, I have to get permission to tell it as well because <laughs> it, it involves other people who are not going to be on this. And I don't know if they want me to admit something like this. On well, the now end. I really want to <laughs> hear the story. <laughs> well, <laughs> not now. Of course, I, I will but. tell you after this recording is over. But um, all right, well, there are also a couple of ticket packages that are already sold out, and they are all of the really high-end ones. The gold, the captain's chair, and the commander's seat are all already sold out. So if you were looking to go high-end, the highest end that's still available is the Copper Weekend at 549 and General Admission Weekend for 249 are, are the only packages that are still for sale. And I would imagine the Copper is probably going to go relatively soon let's see so that's you get a reserved seat with the copper and of course with all those other higher levels that are sold out now you can select your own seats you get your special lanyard you get a coin and then i think there's you get free admission to the gala which is the nevada pops doing um star trek music and Okay, I think that's it. It's now the commander seat, captain's chair, and gold weekend all have their own parties, mm. um, uh, different nights with entertainment. And then I think they also include the gala and the dessert party after. And those, you know, if if you're in any online groups or even just, you know, out there on the Internet, um, there are people who may wind up selling their tickets uh, closer to the convention when they find out they can't go. So definitely, you know, again, I'll mention my unofficial Star Trek Las Vegas convention group on Facebook. We do have people that sell tickets. You will probably pay more for those tickets. And Creation has been known to uh, auction some higher level tickets Mm. on eBay closer to the convention. I think with the predicted number of people attending this year um, or the anticipated number I'm really um, cautious about what's going to happen with tickets. Generally, we also will see daily general admission. And someone, my friend Christine, had heard that they weren't going to do that this year, which Mm. I find unbelievable because not everybody can go for all five days. And they're not going to buy a $250 ticket to go for one day. It doesn't seem very creation-like to turn away money. (sighs) No. So I do, I do think that they will uh, open up these just daily general admission weekend tickets. What I don't think we're going to see are the discounted tickets on Groupon, on Gold Star. Um, I feel like there's another, another website out there that might, might have them, but I've seen a lot of people anticipating just waiting on those tickets and, maybe I'm being too cautious, but at a convention where we've got so many tickets already sold out, I just, I wouldn't bet my money on, on any discounted tickets this year. And if I'm wrong, you can all come back and whatever. Throw my hat in with you, Heather. And I've actually (laughs) been saying the same thing for a while that I did the Groupons last year. What's now the copper weekend, I think is a rebranding of what I had gotten my first year, which they used to call preferred weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it's the same thing, but that's what I did the first time around. So I paid, you know, quite a bit more for the entry entry into the the Nevada Pops, and I, had, I think I got a party with that too, and the coin and all the other stuff. 
But going back the second year, I you know, I, I don't really need all that stuff. I don't really need the reserved seat. I just want to go to the con. So I bought the, I waited for the Groupons, which were maybe a, a month out from the con, which were pretty heavily discounted. 50%, I think. Yeah, I really don't think we're going to do that this year because I, I think they're going to sell out completely. I think they're going to be at capacity. Yeah. So I don't think they're going to need to sell discounted tickets. Creation, you know, is always promoting themselves as the convention people who don't oversell. You know, their whole thing (laughs) is everyone gets a seat in the main theater. You don't have to buy tickets to that separately. They, They say they won't sell any more tickets than there are seats for the main theater, which is great. And in my experience so far, that's been true. Mm -hmm. I kind of wonder though, how I have no idea how many seats are actually in that main theater. How many seats do you think that thing holds? Because if they've sold 12,000 hotel rooms, I'm sorry, I don't think it holds 12,000 seats. And there's probably, let's just say maybe a third to a half of those 12,000 rooms will have more than one person in them. Yeah. Not in not every case will the second or third person have bought a ticket. It could be spouses, one of whom is not interested in the convention or something, but Hmm. I'm like kind of wondering how how that's going to work this year as far as the uh, capacity issue. I don't know and you know and half of the seats I think in that room are reserved for the higher end ticket holders. Oh, so yeah, I think it's possibly over half at this point. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm I'll research cuz I know it's it's been put out there before and there are big questions about these numbers so again yeah I'm not quite sure I don't know if we're going to wind up with standing room only I think they might also take into consideration there are going to be people in the main um Roddenberry Theater and then people in the secondary DeForest Kelly Theater and people walking around the convention hall and people in the oh, vendors definitely. room yeah um but there are a couple of of times i think during the convention that you're going to have a vast majority Mm -hmm. of the attendees in that big main hall at the same time i mean i recall last year yes yeah that's exactly what i was going to say i don't know that it that the main theater was completely full but i would say it was probably 95 percent full or more in terms of the seats being taken and there were some people standing it wasn't so many that it seemed like they were over capacity. It just seems like people walked in and didn't mm. feel like finding the one open seat in a sea of filled seats. But anyway, just something to think. I don't know. I I, I find that that 12,000 figure for the hotel rooms to be just unbelievable for a couple of reasons. And I'm really curious to find out if it's accurate. And if it is, what does that mean about the rest of the convention? I mean, yeah, I, who knew the Rio had 12,000 rooms? It doesn't look like it does. <laughs> No. Yeah. Well, this this on the re- on oh, what is this? VegasMeansBusiness.com says that the Rio has two thousand five hundred and twenty two hotel rooms. That sounds more reasonable. Oh. And the max theater style capacity is six thousand one hundred and ten. Max okay. banquet capacity four thousand five hundred sixty. Gross meeting space one hundred sixty thousand. I wonder if if uh, someone's finger slipped at creation and that's a typo then, because I've seen enough typos on their web pages in the past to think it might have been. I mean, Larry Nemesek does not run Greek tours, which it said Greek tours instead of Greek no, tours oh for gosh. like eight months last year. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, maybe the 12,000 was a typo and they meant 2,000. I don't know. That's what I'm thinking, yeah. Well, I guess we'll find out. I think that 
this year there will be a ton of people, which I am somewhat intimidated by. I am hoping that they bring back uh, quirks with the little Tribble lounge area um, where people can just go and get away from everything. If not, I will be going up to our room. Yeah, and if they could somehow expand the masquerade to be slightly larger than 150 square feet, that would be appreciated. That place is going to be a mob scene this year. Yeah. Last year it was a mob scene. It always is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to think about it since I don't do well in large crowds, but... um, (laughs) But to everyone out there who's not staying with us, uh, just be prepared. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Be prepared Um, for the large amount of people... It, it, you will be fine, but there will be a yes. lot of people. Yeah, because because it's more people to strike up a conversation with and to enjoy. It's it's not quite the same experience as being at a, any other crowded bar. In this case, it's it's how you meet people. Although photo op and autograph tickets aren't available yet, it seems we've got a total of forty one guests registered so far celebrity guests registered so far as of this recording includes many of the usual suspects uh, most of the next gen crew uh, Shatner, Nichelle Nichols, Walter Koenig a good mix of some DS9, Voyager, Enterprise crew members but um, it's very early on of course and this list has a habit of exploding in the months just before the cons is there anybody that you guys don't see on the list now that you're really hoping winds up coming? Patrick Stewart good one yeah i need a new well he he was there last year and he did not do photo ops he only did autographs so i would i just i just want a new photo with him honestly (laughs) claire anybody i've always thought it would be awesome if james cromwell uh, came i have no expectation that he will um i don't know that i've never heard of him doing any sort of convention (sighs) work but I would love it if he were to attend. I would definitely listen to his panel. Also, just last night, I was watching the Corbomite Maneuver, and now I want Clint Howard to come. He came one year. I don't remember what year it was, but he was there, and for some reason, I don't... And I mean, I think 90% of the questions people would ask him would be about things other than Star Trek, and that's Mm -hmm. fine, because he's been in so many great and or bizarre <laughs> films yeah um i would love it if he came i think that would be great sometimes it's the more obscure actors that i'm or interested in or the people that you don't really think of as having had any work with star trek but who were a guest actor once in one random yeah. thing yeah um, mine sorry i mentioned um back on our holiday episode uh christopher lloyd because I just oh, love him yeah. and oh. he, yeah, he came a few years back and I just, you know, I don't know. I missed out. So if he came back, I would definitely want to, uh, I like the photo ops. Photo ops are for me. Uh, I'm not an autograph person, so I'm just photo op, photo op. And then I know these guys will be great on stage. So, so I'll, I'll throw my one plea out there and I, I've, she hasn't been there the last two years. She's unfortunately been ill and canceled, but I really hope Sherry Jackson can make it this year. Yeah, absolutely. It would be so cool to see her at the con. I know she had to cancel two years in a row, so it's a shame, but hopefully she'll be there. I know, I know, I think she said that last year she was definitely planning on being here. So uh, that would be nice. I know some of the five-year mission guys are hoping she'll be there as well. Oh, gosh. And I think 
I think our buddies, uh, John Champion and Ken Ray, would like that as well. The guys mm. over at Mission Log, they're fans of her too. Ah, uh, yes. I guess all of us, all of us guys, are fans <laughs> of Sherry Jackson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's uh, her cosplay is done by a few people here and there. There oh, was, yeah. I think Julianne. Did Julianne do it last year? Uh, we had dueling Andreas. Did last we? Year. There were two okay. of them. I think, I think there's a picture with both of them in it together. Okay. With hmm. some of the five-year mission guys, I believe. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So let's see. You know, Claire, I'm actually kind of glad you're here for this part because I saw something on the creation site that really made me raise my Spock eyebrow. So there are some <laughs> events listed, not a heck of a lot. So a couple of really interesting ones, though. There's the They're going to have something about the 2017 Star Trek series, which we were hoping for. Uh, something about Star Trek Beyond, but Claire, I found this one particularly interesting. There's an event there listed as Star Trek Influences, how film has influenced Star Trek. Does that sound slightly familiar to you? It does. I I saw that too. Um, And yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm sure it's just a coincidence. I'm sure. (laughs) But yes, that did. uh, I did notice that. And honestly, I, I, I'm happy. I, I don't know who's putting who's um, putting on that panel. I have no idea uh, who organized it or who will be on it. But, you know, I think the last year, the panel that I was part of about uh, literature and literary influences in Star Trek was more popular than at least I expected. That was um, incredible. It, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like um, creation is is willing to put they've it seems like they've always been willing to put together uh, panels that are maybe a little more kind of intellectual. Um some of my personal favorite panels, honestly, are whenever they get like an astrophysicist or someone from NASA to come talk and they aren't talking about Star Trek at all. But <laughs> I always sit yeah. in on those. But, yeah, I did see that and um, should be interesting. Yeah. So for anybody out there who doesn't know what we're talking about, uh, that that concept is similar to what Claire and I do on the Atavacron series. But there, the seems like that panel is limited to film, uh, the influence of yeah. film. So we kind of look at the influence culture in general on star trek so but is cool. it is it star trek's influence on film or film's influence on star trek or film's films? influence on star trek <clears throat> it is okay. yes yes i almost yeah. think taking the reverse would be interesting just because mm. i mean star trek has been so influential in maybe not film necessarily but do you, either of you guys have any thoughts on doing a panel this year or trying to do a panel yeah, I was kind of selfishly hoping that the that podcasters panel was going to happen this year because we've been trying to do that. And I know it almost happened last year hmm. and it didn't. I would love to get a podcasters panel because there's so many great Trek podcasts out there. And, you know, we're, we're friends with the Trek Geeks guys. I know you guys yeah. are in the Mission Log, and it would be really hey, great. I'm a Trek Geeks girl. I know that. <laughs> I'm just, it would be great if we could all get together and just get up on a stage and talk about why we do what we do and, and how much fun we have doing it and just kind of talk back to an audience about it. So I'm yeah. hoping they can put that together. That would be awesome. Yeah. yeah. Can we Other- suggest the panel? I think yes, because they the military panel was a suggestion, and that is mm. fan based. The panel that I was part of, which I didn't have anything to do with organizing it, but it was fan suggested. The, the other gal that I that I hosted the panel with, she put it all together, and she doesn't have anything to do with creation professionally. Yeah, well, we should send them an email. Yeah, we should say, look into hey. it. Yeah, that definitely sounds like a good idea, Clary. Do you have any ideas for panels? I don't know. I um. 
I don't know if I want to do one. This I, I actually found it. So actually doing the panel was fine, but the lead up to doing the panel, I was actually sort of preoccupied by it. And I, I don't know that I want that, but the experience itself was great. So if I could just sort of have the experience of doing the panel without thinking about it for the day before, it would be great. I was like an impromptu panel. <laughs> yes. Spur of the moment, you just get pulled that's, on stage. That's- that's what discussions at the masquerade are, essentially, impromptu panels. <laughs> yeah. They so, are. Heather, if we are able to successfully get this podcaster's panel, we won't tell Claire about it until the moment that it's going to happen. <laughs> hey, Claire, we'll come up, up here. Come up on the stage. Yeah, the uh, uh, women in Star Trek panel that's there every year is one that I always look forward to. But as far as, as any new ideas, I haven't thought about it, but I think – that podcaster panel would be pretty neat just around the board. There's such a large podcasting community, um, or, you know, in, involved in, in Star Trek. I think that would be interesting. So let's, let's send them an email. Let's do that. Yeah, let's definitely do that. So awesome. I think now we're, we're going to cut over to the first edition of the first con. So we're going to have a special guest who's never been on shows before, and he's going to talk about some of his con memories. And uh, Claire and Heather and I will be joining, so we're all going to talk about our first convention experiences. So stay tuned. And here we go with the first con. For everything, there is a first time. You still... I cannot help but... Welcome to the first edition of the first con. Heather and I are here with our Atavacron co-host, Claire Little. How are you doing, Claire? Pretty well. How about you guys? Doing wonderful. And we also have another guest who we met at last year's convention, and that is Gerardo Giannis. Gerardo, how are you? I'm doing all right. Wonderful. Thanks for joining us today. It's a it's a pleasure to have you here. And so I think this is the first time any of us have actually spoken to you since the 2015 Las Vegas convention. Yeah. So tonight we are going to be looking back at Claire's and Gerardo's memories of their first time attending the Las Vegas Star Trek conventions. And um, I guess we can start off with, uh, we, we already said that Gerardo's first time was 2015. So Claire, what, what year was your first Vegas convention? Uh, 2013. Ah, okay. 2013. So you've been there uh, every year since? Yeah. Yeah. This year will be number four. Gerardo, a year, since your first year was 2015, uh, what 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 was it that made you finally decide to go to a Trek convention? Had you wanted to go for a while and you hadn't? Or was it a spur of the moment thing or what? It was very much a spur of the moment type thing because I remember exactly what led to it happening. Uh, my friend Jim... Uh, you guys probably know him as Enterprise Extra on Twitter. Yeah. Like, yeah, like he basically was talking about it one time when we were having one of our conversations via email because we there was this person on Twitter that I was following that I thought was pretty cool. And he, like, said, like, hey, all of us can, like, hang out at Vegas and stuff. And I actually never really knew about the Star Trek Las Vegas convention. Like, I knew that there were star trek conventions but i didn't know that there was one in vegas that was basically kind of the main one and i realized at first i didn't really think i was going to go at all i was just like oh that's cool be awesome if i could but i doubt i ever be able to do that Mm -hmm. but 
I realized that apparently I had enough money to afford it. And it was a very last minute thing because I literally did everything four weeks before I actually started. Wow. So you didn't plan that far ahead. It really was a kind of a last minute yeah. thing. You booked a flight last <laughs> oh, minute, bought your tickets last minute. Yep. Everything was last minute. Wow. That's pretty amazing. Claire, and Claire, you're usually a planner, right? You plan your stuff out way ahead of time. Um, well, yeah, kind of. I think I decided to go for my first uh, Las Vegas convention the November before because um, I went to the San Francisco convention and that was a last minute thing. Um, but then I was like, okay, I got to try this new, this new mm. thing. And I think for me, one of the reasons that I planned so early is because I wanted to make a costume and it was my first time ever doing that. And I knew I was going to need a lot of time. <laughs> so, so Jerry, do you ever, you, do you plan on doing any cosplay? You, you didn't do any cosplay this past year, did you? No, I didn't really do any cosplay. Like I had my JJ Abrams blue Star Trek uniform, but, uh, I didn't really do any genuine cosplay. Like I would love to be able to do that this year. I might because I did have some pretty awesome ideas at the end of the convention that I would like to do this year, but I'm not sure if I'll be able to. All right. It's costumes that you would have to make yourself or. Yeah. Like I actually did like right a month or two after coming back from Vegas, I already was starting to plan out how I would approach it like came up with the things that I needed, like the type of wig I would need the type looking for costumes that I might have to make modifications on, but would be close enough to what I was trying to do. Is there anything specific you might want to share? <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, like basically my main idea was I wanted to try and do a male version of my favorite female Star Trek characters from each incarnation that I can think of. That's awesome. Like, yeah, like I, I really wanted to do that. Like I had the easiest one definitely was going to be Dr. Crusher. Like that was the main one that I was aiming to try and prepare for. Like get that blue Starfleet uniform from TNG. And also I found this on eBay. I found the little lab coat that she would wear on there, like a perfect replica and I also was going to, I don't know if this would have made me look ridiculous, but I actually was considering like just getting a red wig that I could wear. <laughs> That'd be great. I think you should do it. No, I would yeah. definitely say to do that. I love it. I think that, you know, I, I don't worry about if people are going to think if I look ridiculous or not. Like if you want to do it, and you're happy with it, you should just do it because there's all types of cosplay at that convention. There are some that are just, they fit into the ridiculous because people intentionally make them ridiculous. Uh, so yeah, you should totally do it. And now I'm going to uh, hold you accountable. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll definitely try to. <laughs> That's awesome. So Claire, you mentioned that you, you did a, a costume and you weren't sure if you were going to be able to, to pull it off for that first year. What was it? It was my blue uh, original series Star Trek uniform. That was the first thing I have ever sewn other than maybe hemming some pants. And I just took a stab in the dark and it, it actually turned out okay. Yes, it was really awesome. And that's the same one you had this past year, 2015, right? Yeah, except oh. I gave myself a promotion between uh, 2014 and 2015. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Did you do anything else for that first year cosplay-wise or just the one? 
I think just, yeah, I think it was just that costume. Heather, do you remember? I don't remember that I wore anything. (laughs) By the way, Heather is my first year Star Trek convention story. She is my story. I'll just tell it real quick. If yes. you, or should I not? No, no that was going to be ahead. the next question. Okay. Try not to cry. Well, <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, so I, I went to the convention by myself and I had no problem with that. I do a lot of traveling by myself. I actually really enjoy it. Um, but a lot of people were like, that's kind of weird. You know, do you know anybody? Are you going to meet up with anyone? And I said, no, but if you're ever going to make a friend really quick, it's going to be at one of these conventions. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so I was waiting in line to register for my hotel room. I mean, I'd been at the Rio. I'd been there for all of maybe 10 minutes. And this woman in line in front of me sort of struck up a conversation and we started talking and she was awesome. And her name was Heather. <laughs> <laughs> and thankfully she took the lead because I'm kind of, I know I don't seem shy at these conventions, but I am actually, I think, fairly reserved i guess maybe is a better word whatever in real life regular life so i wasn't gonna like step up and be assertive about it and thankfully she was assertive and she was like hey let's let's hang out together what are you doing the rest of the day let's get rooms near each other and so we hung out the whole time and i met so many great people through her and we have hung i mean the conventions are like we hang out every year ever since and, and now we're roomies. We've gone to the yes. next level. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys were kind of inseparable at last year's con, if I remember correctly. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, that started from the very beginning. I mean, that 2013 convention, people were like, so how long have you guys known each other? And the answer was <laughs> 20 minutes. <laughs> we met in life. Yeah. yeah it, it, it was my, uh, my first time going completely alone. I had gone by myself two years before, but I did have a roommate, um, my good friend Frankie Dawn that I stayed with. So this was 2013 was me just going by myself. Frankie had her husband there, so I wasn't going to impose. Uh, so it was like the stars aligned and it just worked out perfectly because now I consider Claire my best friend and I look forward to seeing her every year. I know we will always have a blast um, and she is part of what makes the convention for me. Aww. Same to you, Heather. It's just so <laughs> I mean, everyone says these conventions are really about the people you meet and it seems cliche, but I think anyone who has attended them knows that it's not cliche. It really is true. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely true. And I, like I said, I didn't discover that until my second con when I met all of you guys. So was last year your second one? Yeah. Last oh, year was my second uh, Vegas con. I've been to the New Jersey Trek cons a bunch of times, the creation ones they have here, but they're nothing, nothing like the Vegas con at all. Yeah. They're very, sure. very different. Um, Gerardo, did you get a sense of the family feel within our circle of friends? What was it like for you for the oh, first time in that element? I certainly did because like the one thing is that I actually did not get a hotel room because Jim immediately offered to like let me stay with him like right off the bat. He didn't like even before I even brought up the idea of me getting a hotel room. He was just like, hey, man, like if you need to, you can bunk with me like you won't even have to worry about paying for a hotel room. And that that was amazing to me because like me and Jim had only known each other for a couple of months by then, I think. And like, he is simply the best. Like 
honestly, he is the best because Agreed. that guy. Yeah. So kind, so kind. Like I, I only knew him for a few months through Twitter, and like he was offering to let me stay with him and not have to worry about paying for my own hotel room. And I actually end up coming to the convention a day early. And he, like I had told him that, like saying, hey, man, I'm going to actually end up going there a day early. And he completely changed his plans to be there at the oh same time. I, wow. No joke. Wow. Because he was all, because I said, like, don't worry about it. I can spend the night in the airport. It's no big deal. And he's like, no way, man. I refuse <laughs> to let you sleep in the airport. Wow. That's incredible. Like, yeah, really amazing guy. We love you, yeah. Jim. Yes, we do. And I, I know I've told this story in, in our, our one of our STLV wrap-up shows from last year, but I'll I'll repeat it just in the in the Cliff Notes version. If it wasn't for Jim, we wouldn't all be sitting here right now because I would not have met Claire if it wasn't for Jim. Uh, I was flying solo that, that first night there, and I was at the karaoke party, and I had remembered that Jim had contacted us on... Uh, Twitter and wanted to meet up because he'd listened to the podcast, uh, specifically the stuff we were doing with Five Year Mission, and he wanted to meet up. So I sent him a, a, a tweet on Twitter and said, hey, I'm at the karaoke party. He showed up and he was like, let's let's blow this joint and go over to the masquerade where we ran into Claire and the rest is history. And you know what? I for the for about an hour, Jeff, I thought you were Five Year Missions manager. <laughs> yeah, I did, too. Because I no, did, too. There was just. Yeah, because, well, like, you guys were talking, and you weren't talking about, I don't know, non-business stuff, for lack of a better way to put it. You were talking about, like, where the band was going to be, and it was it was very sort of band, businessy kind of stuff, and I just assumed you were their manager. That's funny, because, you know, and it's that that is really funny. We... That, I guess that's one of my big first con memories from my 2014 adventure there was actually getting to meet up with the band because we'd done a, a podcast with them prior uh, and we kind of gotten to know them a little bit on uh, on the recording. But I, it was amazing. Once I got there, it was like they treated me like they had known me for 20 years. And I mean, it, it was it was almost a magical thing. And they they had their own little green room because they were the um, the house band at the time. So, you know, they let us, McCraig and I, into the green room. We got to hang out with them for a while. They got us into all of the parties they were playing. And it was just incredible. And we just became really good friends over that con. And, and that was one of the things that drew me back to the 2015 con was I was going to get to see them all again. So by the time we got there, I was already kind of close with all of them. So I guess that's why it kind of seemed like uh, I was working for them or with them. Yeah. But they're phenomenal guys, too. I'm hoping we can get some of them on shore leave here and then in the future. Oh, absolutely. Last year was the first year that I really hung out with them a lot. I, I met them the prior year, but I didn't. For they some were busy. Reason, everything. They were really busy. Actually, yeah, I think that explains it more yeah. than anything. They were super busy. Yeah, but last year we got I got to hang out with them a lot more and we all did as a group. And it was it was great. Yeah, yeah. it was a total yeah. blast. I mean, they, they really take care of their friends out there they treat oh, us yeah. all yes, so wonderfully really our really trek good. family is just full of awesome people and that's why i love to talk about stlv <laughs> <laughs> uh, these these conversations are a good bridge to, to over the gap to the next convention so you know going back to some of these memories of uh these conventions so Gerardo, what what are some of your uh, favorite memories uh, from your first convention i know you had some really cool celebrity interactions 
Oh, definitely. I honestly felt that I had one of the best experiences that you can have for your first time going to a Star Trek convention. Because, like, the biggest one definitely would have to be my encounter with Chase Masterson. Because the thing is, like, I already was a fan of hers because I, like, followed it on Twitter and I liked a lot of the stuff, like, issues that she would bring up on there and things like that. So it was already an honor to meet her. And plus, I had heard of her anti-bullying coalition thing. And I was a really big fan of that. So the minute I met her, like, I actually opened up to her about something that I haven't really talked about with literally anyone because it was such a personal tragedy that happened recently with a friend of mine that I really didn't like talking about it. But given the coalition thing she started and how that connected to what happened to my friend, I felt okay opening up to her about it. And she was very apparently very moved by what I told her and reached out kind of in a way befriend me, at least only for those days, because like she got kind of teary-eyed after I told her what happened. And then she got out from her little booth and straight up hugged me. (laughs) And like, I'm not even kidding. It wasn't just a short hug. It was a long hug. Like for a moment there, I was a bit like, wait, I just like I was a bit sh- like <laughs> by the fact that like Lita from Deep Space not <laughs> and like it was crazy because right after that she's all she tells me like asks what my name is like my full name and like says like you know what you have to promise me that you visit me every single day of this convention now Aww. and like even like it was the day after actually the day after like I go stop by to say hi and apparently she was going to a screening for star trek continues or something like that a special screening and she like asked me if i had any plans that day and i said not really like i just will walk around the convention and see what's going on and she says she like checked to see if she had an extra ticket she did and she like says would you like to come with me to that and i was like wow wow yeah and she even told me, like, just wait for me at this time at the entrance of the hotel and we'll meet up there and then we'll take a limo down there. And that's exactly what happened. Like, it was like it really was a shocking experience. Like, I still can't believe it actually happened because not only because it was a person who played a character that I remember really liking when I was watching Deep Space Nine, because even before I even really knew much about the actress, I was a fan of Lita, the character on Deep Space Nine. And I had just watched the show not too long ago because I'm a fairly recent Trekkie, to be honest, like, because Star Trek Into Darkness is what made me go and look back at all the shows and stuff. So, Oh, wow. Check that out. Thank you. Vindicated, this is who Heather. we get. This is who we get, people. This is what new Star Trek brings us. Awesome exactly. people like Gerardo. Exactly. So that you were vindicated because I think we both made that same argument in the past. Yeah. About new Trek <laughs> and new fans. So excellent. Although I have to say that you know his Gerardo's results at the con are definitely not typical, but it is the magic <laughs> that's possible at STLV that you could befriend. A, a celeb, or you could ruin a celeb's birthday. I don't, you know. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
So uh, aside from that, I, I had any other uh, fun memories that you have of your first time? Oh, definitely. Like, the thing is, like, when you asked me why the two people from Star Trek, who I just hold a very great fondness for, it's always going to be Gene Roddenberry and Leonard Nimoy. Mm. And the thing is, like, the first day, I believe it was Adam Nimoy first. Like, Mm -hmm. I... I would like, cause the thing is, I was just finished. Like me and this person that you guys probably know, named Holly Amos. Yep. Like yeah. me and her were like hanging out for a decent amount of time, and like she had to go when her one of her friends got there. But there was this couple that walked up to us asking for directions to the convention. So she said, like, uh, could you take care of that while I go and help my friends settle in? And I was like, sure. So as I do that. I see Adam Nimoy coming out of the men's restroom as we're walking <laughs> down there. And since I have this couple that clearly is a big fan of TOS, I was like, excuse me, sir, are you Adam Nimoy? And he was like, yes, why do you ask? And I was like, well, these folks over here are a big fan of TOS and your father. And I just kind of introduced them to him. And then he asked the question of like what our favorite Star Trek characters were and I thought mine was fairly obvious since I was wearing Spock's J.J. Abrams costume. And, like, he was apparently blown away by what I had to say as my reasoning for having such a fondness for Spock and Leonard Nimoy. And he decided at that moment, like, hey, I would love to film you for the Spock documentary. And it was pretty awesome how he went about that because at first he sent me an email the email which i probably will never delete (laughs) and like then he just recorded me like you know what let's just record you right now like he talked to his camera guys and then filmed me explaining why spock and leonard nimoy have such a special place in my heart and then i kid you not the exact next day i didn't meet rod roddenberry and I te- like I forget what struck this conversation. I think it was because I was wearing my Idic necklace and he really likes the Idic symbol. But I end up conveying just why his dad means so much to me because, and I admit this is kind of a personal thing I'm opening up about here, but like Gene Roddenberry as a person really helped me in a rough time of my life come out as a, atheist which given my household that i live in wasn't an easy thing to do and star trek and gene ronberry really helped me at that time of my life especially since i was fairly young like i was still very in my early teens at the time so it was a very difficult time and gene really struck a chord for me during that time in my life and his son was really blown away by me opening up about something like that. So he ends up getting these guys filming a documentary called Chasing Atlantis, and he has them film me for their documentary as well. Oh, my gosh. Oh, interesting. Wow. I don't know that we saw those guys or knew anything about them. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> I saw that either. Yeah, but basically I got to meet the sons of the two people I idolized the most from Star Trek in a matter of two days. And that was just, <laughs> what put me in documentaries. So, 
amazing, Sim like truly amazing. I have no words for how in awe I was about that whole situation. On the subject of Leonard Nimoy, can I pop in with a memory from my first convention? I was just going to ask yes. if you would regale <laughs> us with a first convention story. So my first uh, STOV was 2009. It was after the new JJ movie, and that was part of what sent us there. We'd been Star Trek fans, and when I say we, I'm referring to my past life um, ex-husband. We had been to some local conventions and then found out about this big Star Trek-only convention in Las Vegas. So we went, and the best thing in the world. I'll try not to cry. Okay, so Leonard Nimoy was there. It was not his last year. I think his last year came about two years later. Um, but we got a photo op with him, and we waited and waited, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to meet Leonard Nimoy. Um, we get up to the front of the line and walked towards him. And my ex-husband um, extended his hand and said, it is an honor to meet you, sir. And Leonard Nimoy took his hand and said, no, it's an honor to meet you. And he shook my hand too, but then he like held on to Max's hand for our photo op. So in our photo op, Leonard Nimoy is holding Max's <laughs> hand and I'm just smiling. <laughs> Um, but just uh, such a humble, wonderful man. Um, I, I will take that one with me forever. And as you could tell, I just, I get very emotional when I think about that moment, um, uh, because, you know, some of the photo ops, everybody's really, um, really appreciative, I think of the fans. Uh, but sometimes you're kind of, it's, it's very quick, very fast. Yeah. And like Shatner, uh, is a little different, if he's sitting down and it's kind of my, my first experience with Shatner was walk up behind him. And I think he might've said hi. Yeah. Uh, so to have someone like Leonard Nimoy, shake your hand, hold onto your hand, tell you it's an honor to me. You just, uh, it speaks volumes of the man that he was. And that is one of my favorite memories. Um, pre Claire. <laughs> oh, no, no, there is no way. Uh, Leonard Nimoy has got to be above me. It is well. So my no, my fondest STLV memories really. I mean, I, I can't. I don't want to insult any of my other friends because I have so many wonderful friends, and every year is amazing. Um, but coming coming away from a convention with someone who you just adore and love so much uh, means a lot to me, and we always have so much fun, and every year just keeps topping the year before. Mm. Uh, so, but before Claire. <laughs> That, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. So much, but I I must concede to Mister Nimoy. There is I miss just no contest. It was amazing. It was amazing, and I tell everyone that I meet that knows anything about Star Trek um, about that that moment meeting him, and uh, followed up by I think it was gosh 2011. I think was his last STLV, and he did his basically his goodbye speech mm. and had the room crying. I was sitting with my friend, Aaron and Frankie, I think, and just in tears um, because he, he truly valued all of his fans. Um, he, he is Spock, you know, versus the whole, I am not Spock. He <laughs> complete turnaround from, from that. Um, he really embraced everyone 
especially adopting Asalis, his grandchildren, uh, uh, and just being there. And you can find that speech um, on YouTube. I think if you just Google like STLV, um, Leonard Nimoy speech, last speech or something, it's it's out there. Um, but it was just amazing. So I think really my my two biggest memories involve him um, because he's also just been extremely important in my life as well. That's a, that's a great segue into, uh, you know, Claire, thinking back on your first con, do you have a favorite photo op? Do you do photo ops then? You know, I didn't actually do any photo ops the first year. Um, I'm, I, I, the first photo op that I did was with Heather and it was the second year and it was with, um, Terry Farrell as Jadzia Dax, oh, surprise, God. wearing the oh Klingon wedding dress, and Heather oh and I my both gosh. actually started crying when <laughs> not during the photo, thankfully, but before then. When she came um, out on stage, oh my gosh. Yeah, and then we were like, we have a photo op in 45 minutes, and she's wearing that. Will she still be wearing that? The answer like, no, was yes. No, no. Uh, but, but she were yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah, that was my first photo op. And I I other I did that and then I did uh William Shatner also that yep. same year, I believe. Yep. Um but that's it. I actually don't I don't know why. I, I really enjoy other people's photo ops. I love looking at other people's, but I just I don't know. It's not something that I find myself really wanting to do that often. But I think it's wonderful when other people do it and enjoy it because you can see a lot of joy on their face in the photos. Yeah. But you know, while you're talking about these photo ops that you did that year, that was 2014, right? Yeah. Yeah. That that really scrambles my mind to know that you guys were there getting photo ops <laughs> with the same people as I was, and I didn't know you then. <laughs> did you Did you get uh, Jadzia Dax? No, I'm I got Shatner that, that year, though. I got Shatner oh, that year. Yeah, yeah, very strange. Uh, Gerardo, uh, any photo ops that you did your first convention? Uh, I've yet to do a photo op, but I did get plenty of autographs, and yeah. I did... Oh, any favorite ones? I guess, like, uh, I guess it kind of bias here, but I guess Chase Masterson, just because <laughs> of all she did, and plus because the money I spent for the autograph was put towards her anti-bullying coalition, which uh, I really definitely wanted to put money towards. Yeah. Can can I pop in really quick? I just want to sure. mention that it's the Pop Culture Hero Coalition, and the website uh, is uh, popculturehero.org if anybody wants to go check it out. Yeah, that's a great call. Thank you for clarification because I was just going off of memory right You're there. Welcome. Yeah, I I basically just remember it as an anti-bullying coalition and I couldn't think yeah, of the name. Exactly. So I just Googled it. I definitely wanted to give her a shout out because I think she's, well, I think the people who don't go to the convention and don't know her, um, she's often overlooked but she is, I think, one of the most amazing um, actors in the Star Trek family and does so much for the community. Uh, and she's just a total sweetheart. Like like we've established That's here, um, we've, we've been trying to induct her into cheer fleet. Uh, <laughs> we always get a, a photo with her. We did a cheer. We've done a cheer for her, I think, gosh, ever since we, we started cheer fleet. Um, but I think... I think, you know, we've talked about getting her some, some palms, uh, just to include her and giving her her own set of pom poms. So I think, I think it's time to definitely make that happen this year. Definitely. So are you, have you been actively recruiting? Uh, well, we always have things. It's really just stuff popping up on the website, um, or the Facebook groups when it gets mentioned, a lot of people 
know us, they recognize us, they remember us, and then they want to become a part of it. Um, so a uh, quick plug, we do have groups. We have a Facebook page that is Cheerfleet Academy Cheerleaders, and then we have a Facebook group, which is Starfleet. Oh, they're both Starfleet Academy Cheerleaders, and then we go by Cheerfleet. Sorry about that. The group, we do try to keep it to people who are actually going to participate as Cheerfleet and not just fans. We prefer that the fans go to the um, Starfleet Academy Cheerleaders page and like us. But we're always growing. It's such a fun group. And uh, hopefully we will have our, our head cheerleader, our captain, Damian Ann, uh, join us this year. This year, guys, this year. It's coming. No. <laughs> it's it's coming. not like next year. It's now again this year. So I know, Jerry, unfortunately, this question is not going to apply to you uh, since you've only been to one con. But we'll definitely get you back on the show to ask you this question after your second con. But more for Cleather, uh, Cleather, <laughs> Cleather, Cleather, you're one person now. I will edit that out. <laughs> no, keep it, keep it. It's hilarious. <laughs> Cleather, so Cleather, Claire. But it sounds uh, like clever. I love it. Since you've since you you've been to your first con and you've been to subsequent cons, do you have any thoughts on what was different? I guess. Uh, so I've been to three. I think probably the biggest difference going into the second one was that I wasn't just anticipating doing cool Star Trek stuff. I was anticipating hanging out with people and hanging out with friends. Um, also, since it's a little bit, uh, this, this podcast is turning into enterprise extra story time. <laughs> I do distinctly recall being really excited to meet enterprise extra because I had met him through Twitter in between the first and second conventions and I was like, this guy's so cool. I can't wait to meet him. So it was, I don't know, the first or second night. Heather was already at the masquerade, and I was like five minutes behind. So she and Jim were talking to a couple of other people, and I walk up, and Jim's like, hey, I'm Enterprise Extra. And I freaked out a little bit <laughs> because the first year, uh, there had been a trivia contest at the masquerade and Jim and I were kind of cleaning up a little bit <laughs> and uh, it had sort of become a little bit of a battle between the two of us. And are you guys still there? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. You're, You're so quiet. Exactly. I was like we talking and thinking I had lost the, uh, the signal. Okay. Sorry. You can edit that if you want. Um, so yeah. So, and after this trivia contest, Heather and I were like, that guy looks kind of familiar. We, we were thinking maybe he was an actor or something. I don't know. He just looked familiar to us, but we couldn't figure out who he was. Turns out he's Jim. He's Enterprise Extra. And we he's that know guy. He's yeah. That we had guy. no idea who he was the first year. And the second year we're like, you're that guy. And he's like, oh yeah, I remember you. <laughs> so. Oh, it, it was a great, that was a great moment. <laughs> So Heather, same question to you. After your first con, and you went back the second time, and the third time, was there was there a big difference for you? Oh gosh, no, not really, because it was a different experience for me overall back then. Hmm. Um, it was definitely geared more towards seeing the celebrity guests sitting on panels. Uh, the second year that I went, I believe we brought some friends with us and Patrick Stewart was there that year. So it was a you know big to do with him being there. Uh, I lost my mind. <laughs> and that's kind of like the main stuff I remember. What has changed the most for me is that 
every year I, my, my Star Trek family tree grows larger and larger. When, when I say, fa- so I just consider everybody that I know my family. And then I guess I have a, a tiny, a smaller condensed, more personal family within that. But I no longer go to the convention to see the guests. I don't care who's going to be there. Um, I would be excited if Patrick Stewart came back so that I could get a new photo op with him uh, since I'm like 30 pounds lighter and look, you know, look better and want a better picture. But um, it's really about seeing my friends. It's about hanging out with all of them. And we will talk about this uh, probably more than once when we talk about STLV, uh, the demand on tickets this year. I, uh, Claire and I have been going as captain's chair, which is a great option. And we've had a lot of fun, but at the end of this last convention, we just realized we wanted to be with our friends and the parties that are included with captain's chair just weren't really stuff. We were all that into, you know, the only reason that I enjoyed the captain's chair party last year was because of five-year mission. We had enterprise blues band was the entertainment the year before. They were great. It was awesome. And we still had fun. But overall, we really want to spend time with our friends. And because of how fast all of the upper level tickets sold out, I was a bit anxious that when they released general admission, it was going to break the website. I wasn't going to be able to get a ticket. And I said, you know what? I will just go and hang out in Masquerade Bar. I think we all had that reaction. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, So that's what it's become for me is really just a chance to get together with my tribe, my people, People that I often really just see once a year, but, um, man, Star Trek people are the best people, (laughs) the best people in the world. Yeah. And it does not feel like you only see these people once a year. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt that we're able to keep in touch through social media and Skype calls and whatever. But even if it's someone that you haven't really kept in contact with, you see them and you're just like, it's like it was yesterday that you last saw them. It's great. It's like that whole adage about like your friends for life and how they're people that you may not see for every like five years or whatever, but you're still just as close when you see each other again. And um, that that is what the convention is for me now. I will say that in the past uh, several years, I guess since like 2013, uh, 2012 even, uh, Creation has stepped up their game. And has added mm-hmm. many more fan experiences, um, like the, the photo op stations, the board gener- regeneration chamber, yeah. um, having the bridge this year, um, mm-hmm. the little triple <laughs> triple pile, <laughs> which is kind of small, but it was better than the uh, cutouts of all the captains or whatever it was before. Oh yes. <laughs> Um, so they've really they've really listened to our feedback, and so I am. I'm excited to see what they're going to do this year. And we've talked about this previously and I'm yeah. like I've said, I'm sure we'll talk about it again, but they have, they have changed the experience as well. So I do enjoy that. Um, it makes it a lot of fun to be able to do those photo ops and, and stuff. Yeah. Oh, and one other difference that is not actually related to creation or the Star Trek convention itself, but one other difference for me anyway, between the first year and the second year was the first year we all joked about going to Chippendales, and the second year we actually <laughs> went to Chippendales. <laughs> and we've gone twice now, I believe. Yeah, we have. And we, I think you're planning another trip this year, aren't you? Yeah, I was going to talk to Claire to see if she wanted to go, but uh, you know, it's <laughs> I, I'm eh, eh. 
if we fun, can get the but... super cheap tickets maybe because we got yeah some i would not pay full price for that uh, no we've gotten discount <laughs> tickets every year and yeah. i will send out an invite now to anyone that wants to go just find me on twitter sketching venus or facebook heather barker add me um we we welcome uh all genders yeah so uh whoever wants to come is welcome to come it is it is a lot of fun partly because of the, the friends you're with but yeah, and if yeah, if you have the opportunity, totally wear a Star Trek uniform, <laughs> just because yeah. I think I feel like that is the most bizarre dichotomy of experiences. Um, I highly yeah. recommend it. Last year, one of the girls who was in uniform went up on stage. And, That's right. Uh, the year previous, a certain young lady on this podcast <laughs> was uh, approached by a dancer and I think had his shirt put over her head and whispered Star Trek. Yes. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. I mean, you know, wow. it says nothing for those of you, you know, the males out there who are straight males who have no interest in men. It still says nothing about you. If you want to go, it's fun. Uh, we've had some men go before and, mm-hmm. uh, and they're welcome. So, Think of it. Think of it as an anthropologist's sort of experience. Be, be Jane Goodall and just, just view, view the experience. Is that chimp reference? Uh, yeah, intentional. Well, yeah, I guess it is. They're, chimps are highly sexual, so yeah. So we'll just think if you can't get it together, I am sure that Andy Fark would be happy to dance for you in his pink tank top oh my goodness. in someone's room. Oh, my goodness. You know, speaking of, I have I found some video on my phone from last year in a certain member of Five Year Missions hotel room Ooh. after the captain's chair party. Oh, I, I remember that. Yeah, uh, it's not particularly salacious, but it's fun. Yeah. Wow. I, re- I remember we went up there. It was kind of a strange and awkward, but fun experience. Yeah. I burst into the room as fast as I possibly could to try and try and catch somebody in an act that they were not in the middle of, unfortunately. <laughs> but I tried. <laughs> oh, man. So to wrap this up, I mean, we, we've gone through a lot of uh, first time memories from your first convention. So since you've all been there and you, you've experienced it, Let's start off with Gerardo. Do you have any advice for first timers who are going to be coming this year who might be listening to this show? I guess the advice I would give based on my initial reaction to just Star Trek conventions in general is to not really fear the idea at all. Because like I know a lot of people who also got into Star Trek through the JJ films. And I know that internet confrontations that we sometimes end up getting into through being in Star Trek groups in the past that we tend to get like I know that initially I kind of just had this bad idea like that if I even like acknowledged the JJ films I'd probably get yelled at or something like that and I do have friends that have that fear now and I would really just say to not even consider that as a possibility because from my experience that isn't even anything to be concerned about like at all because the people there are very nice excellent excellent advice claire any advice for first timers if you're putting off going simply because you don't have anyone to go with you you should go anyway you should go by yourself because 
even if you don't meet someone awesome in line and have like a really amazing best friend scenario happen, you're really still not going to be by yourself because everyone's there to talk about a lot of the same things. So you can just strike up a conversation with whoever's nearby about Star Trek and you've automatically kind of made a friend, even if it's just for the five minutes that you're standing there, or maybe you end up hanging out for the rest of the convention. Um, it really is a very welcoming environment. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, I'll piggyback on that and and offer another bit of advice for people who may be slightly more introverted. Like uh, I'm typically not great in crowds of people that I don't know and just kind of striking up conversations. But don't be afraid to do that because this is really the place where you can just literally talk to just about anybody and and make new friends. And my I think my, mis- my mistake, my first convention was not uh, – kind of coming out of the shell and just kind of talking to strangers and random people uh, at different places and times. And I I kind of, I think I missed out on a lot that year, but the second time this past year, I wound up making got handfuls of of new (laughs) friends who I've been in contact with ever since, just because, you know, I kind of broke out of that shell the first night and, and, you know, reached out to Jim and struck up a conversation with him and then became friends with everybody else. So, you know, if you're, socially awkward or, or not great at meeting new people try to suspend that just for the convention because it's definitely worth it so heather yeah. any advice from you um on the heels of <clears throat> of that excuse me i will throw this out um all of us on this podcast hopefully gerardo um will agree we are all approachable <laughs> yeah. so i know that um claire jeff and i will likely have tricorder transmissions placards um, if not, you can find our photos on the website and you can find us. We have tattoos, at least Claire and I do, and we're easy to oh, find. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not so, tricorder transmission tattoos. No, no, not yet. I mean, the podcast is great, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, if anyone out there is, is feeling a little apprehensive, um, I just want them to know that all they need to do is find us and or send us a message, at least send me a message and I will make sure to meet you and shake your hand and bring you into our Star Trek family. My little word of advice bit, I guess, is don't let the finances hold you back. Mm-hmm. If you if you truly can't do it, then you can't. And we hope that you will save your pennies for a future convention. Um, but part of the Shore Leave uh, series, we'll be talking about ways that you can save money, like sharing your room with other people. Um, there are various ticket options that you can get. There are other hotels to stay at. And so we are going to try to provide you a lot of information so that if the finances are part of it, we can make that a little easier for you. I promise that every penny you spend will be worth it. Agreed. So, uh, Gerard, this is your first time on the show. Uh, so if people are looking to talk to you online on social media, where can they find you? Twitter mainly. And LLAP Sherlock 38. Excellent. Thanks so much. And uh, Claire, are you still isolinear chick? I still am. Excellent. And Heather, <laughs> sketching Venus? Yeah, that's me. All right. And of course, we are available at the tricordertransmissions.com as well. If you want to talk to any of us, you can find us all there as well. And that wraps up our first episode. And that means that it's time to return to real life because shore leave is over. Thank you.